Welcome back to the Healer But Human podcast. I'm Allie, aka actually underscore Alexandra on Instagram. I'm your host. I am your healer. Well, you are your healer, but (laughs) if you decide to be in sacred container with me, then I facilitate your healing. Um, I'm a breathwork facilitator. I'm also just a human. That's why this podcast is called The Healer But Human Podcast, so that we can share the journey of healing and also share the human experience because I am not exempt from the real, rocky, authentic human experience. And today is our first real episode, and I want to kick this podcast off with just being as real as I can, with being vulnerable, with being authentic. So I'm going to share my journey thus far because we will always, once we choose the journey of healing and becoming all that we are meant to become in this life, we are always on that journey. It's lifelong. So I'm going to share my story up until this point in my life. I'm 27 years old and it's been quite the journey and the reason I want to share this with you is because I am here to create community. I am here to create intimacy and if I don't let you see more into me, how can there be any intimacy between the two of us? I want you to feel like this is such a safe space where you can come and you can feel seen and feel understood and feel like someone else gets it. Someone else has gone through this or someone else has moved through this at a certain point of their life. And I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only person that's imperfect on their healing journey. I want to show you the behind the scenes of the healing journey that I really don't think a lot of healers and coaches talk about because and this is with no, this is like with all love. I just feel like so many people are focused on promoting their healing services or their business that they forget to also share their human experience. And it's so valuable when we can share our truth and let other people see us. Because when we let other people see us, we give them the chance to also see themselves within us and relate and connect even deeper. So that's what the Healer But Human podcast is all about and what actually Alexandra and my whole brand is all about. is this deep connection that I really want to form between you and I and between a whole community of us. I'm going to share my story with the hopes that it shows you that you are the alchemist of your own life. You can turn your darkness into your light. You can turn your pain into your power, into your purpose, into your portal of more of you and more of this deep self-connection and self-love. And I never want to be a space where you come to online and say, oh, look at she is living such a happy life. And you forget that I also went went through this whole journey to get to living that happy life. And at this point, I have accepted that the healing journey is not going to look like happiness all the time. I will reach a season that feels really light, and then I'm going to reach a season that feels dark again. And for a long time, I really didn't realize this. I really just thought like, okay, I'm going to go through a season of healing, and then I'm going to be good for the rest of my life. And that's, I've, you know, become who I am. And I've realized through it all that 
we will continuously go through dark and light. We will continuously meet rock bottom and also meet mountaintops. It's an ebb and flow. It's riding the waves. And that's what I'm here to do is ride the waves and show you literally all of them. I'm not going to hold back at all. So let's get into it a little more. I do just want to give a loving trigger warning on this episode. I am going to talk about eating disorders, maybe self-harm, maybe sexual abuse. I'm going to split my story up into two parts. So this is going to be part one because I really feel like there are two very distinct like chunks of my journey and my story that will be valuable for you to know or I guess for me to share so that we can create deeper intimacy so that you can see me fully and know where I've come from and who I am and how I got to where I am now. So like I said, a little trigger warning. If you want to just wait for some other episodes that aren't my story, totally fine. I love you. But if you're here and you're ready to listen, um, let's get into it. I'm going to take us back to, I'm like narrating my own life. I'm going to take us back to my junior year of high school. I'm 16 at the time. And this is when I would say my journey really started my healing journey, my self-love journey. And for years, it did not look like healing or self-love. It actually looked like breaking and self-hate and self-destruction. So, but this is like the point where I feel consciously my whole journey really began. So at 16 years old, I was going through rejection and moving through a heartbreak. And I, it was such a silly little heartbreak when I look back at it. I wasn't even super, like, I wasn't even in a real relationship. But, you know, when you're young, everything feels so intense and so important. And I'm going to talk a lot about my story from hindsight because I wasn't consciously aware of my patterns or why I was thinking the way I had been thinking. Um, But I had clearly had very low self-esteem and very low self-worth um throughout my high school like freshman sophomore and into my junior year I really relied on boys to give me my sense of self-worth and give me my value um and a lot of that was through my body and I would let boys just kind of use me for my body and I didn't even realize it because I was you know you're 16 you're like this boy is gonna like me if I do this with him and I will say I was so self-conscious even in my body that I never had sex um with any like random boy that's something I'm actually still really proud of to this day and I'm saying that with no judgment towards anyone that has but I would just let myself be used in other ways by boys and so I would get really attached to boys really quickly And in hindsight, I can see where this all stems from, Um, abandonment wounds from childhood, not having a father figure that was super present in your life, Um, not having emotionally available parents at all. But anyways, I digress. Let's get on with the story. So junior year, I developed an eating disorder, a severe eating disorder, and pretty much the severity of it was like overnight. And I am well aware that eating disorders do not develop overnight. Like I said, in hindsight, I can see that I had this pattern of feeling 
so low about myself and not seeing my worth, not seeing my value as a human, relying on external people and things, even friends, to show me how valuable I was. And I was not hanging out with anyone really that showed me my value. I did have a really good best friend in high school. I don't think she'll listen to this. Her name was Mickey, but (laughs) um, I love her so much still. But anyways, other than that, I just, I was feeling low, you know? So junior year, I develop an eating disorder and I didn't really tell anyone about it at the time. Obviously, I didn't even know that I had an eating disorder. I just, and this is where the trigger warning comes in, but I stopped eating and everything I did eat, which was usually just like a snack or a bite of something, I immediately went to the toilet and purged. Um, And eventually this led to me being so unable to even focus in, in school. When your brain is so malnourished, you really can't do anything in life. Um, so I was failing my English class and my teacher sent an email to my mom. We got in a huge fight because I wasn't going to be able to pass my junior year if I failed English. And I finally just screamed at her and came out about my eating disorder, about how depressed I felt about the fact that I was throwing up. Um, I vividly remember this night because I love her, my mom, so much, but she did not respond well. Um, and it was hard to be so open and then have someone who's supposed to care for you tell you that you're faking things and whatever. That's not even the point of the story. But so after I had told my mom, literally right away, I was thrown into doctor's appointments, hospitals. I didn't even really get a chance to like sit down and be like, hey, this is what I'm going through, mom. I think, like, looking back, I really just needed an adult to sit with me and be like, hey, baby, what's going on? Why are you feeling this way? But instead, I was thrown into hospitals with doctors that weren't listening to me, with no one who wanted to actually see my emotions. And in hindsight, looking back, I can just see how traumatic that was to really need someone to be there for you and just be kind of pushed into the hands of medical quote-unquote professionals that don't actually care about you at least in my circumstance um so anyways I ended up my junior year and my senior year I lived in treatment centers and in hospitals I spent more time in doctor's appointments than in school and more time in hospitals and treatment centers than I did with my friends, which is so excruciating and painful in itself. At the age of 16, 17, I was in and out of hospitals 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I think 20 was the last year I was in a hospital. And during this, um, I will say, I just need to give him a little shout out, my high school love. (laughs) I still have so much love for him. I did have, um, I met a boy that did not break my heart. He was a really good boy. And he stayed with me through all of this and he did hold space for my emotions. So thank goodness I had that. But yeah, looking back now at 27 years old, I wish I could give her a hug because oh, I just remember the days just looking in the mirror, crying and hating myself. And my whole mind was consumed with hating myself. And I didn't even realize, but this is how I was taking my emotions out, right? With self-sabotage and self-destruction. And so many of us do this without even realizing that that's what we're doing because we're not taught that it's safe 
to share our emotions. We're not taught how to process our emotions. We're not taught that it's okay to feel our emotions. So we look for something to numb them and to take them away. Um, And so I was doing that through my eating disorder, through restriction, purging, and eventually I started self-harming my wrists and my hips and my thighs. And it was just my go-to in a moment of anger or frustration or, or huge sadness I would just like tear myself apart, literally tear my skin apart. So that's where my journey started was with this deep eating disorder because my my core beliefs were that I am not worthy. I am not enough. I am not loved. And maybe, maybe if I change, I can become enough. Maybe if I get the dream body or if I'm skinnier, right, I will be more loved and more enough and feel worthy. And that's just not how it works. Um, and I'm saying that because and that at the time, that's what I thought my eating disorder was, was I just want to be skinny. Because really consciously to me, it was like, I hate myself. I hate my body. I want to be skinny. And then people will love me. But looking back, I can see that I had just such a, a horrible relationship with myself So my eating disorder and all of our eating disorders, if you have struggled, it's never about the food. I promise you it's never about the food. It is about your core wounding within and your relationship with yourself. And so I was forced by my mom because I was under 18 and even until the age of 20, um, I was forced in and out of treatment centers and nothing was helping and I knew that nothing was helping. And I wasn't getting what I really needed. And finally, at age 20, I remember I had, this is my last time in treatment, and I had just had to leave my first year of college because I took a gap year after high school because I had to go to treatment. Um, And then I had had to leave after my first semester of my freshman year of college at age 20 to check into treatment again. And I remember I was there for a week and finally... I, something within me, all of a sudden it was like my power, this fire within me just lit up and I was like, I'm 20 years old. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not listening to my mom making me go into the hospital. I am not going to be afraid of the consequences of what happens when I check myself out. I'm going to check myself out and I'm going to figure this out by myself. And I'm also ready, not ready to recover because I did not want to recover. I did not want to get better, but I wanted to stop living such a small life and that was like this fire within my belly and that's what really then kick-started my journey that I feel like I've been on since that moment was it's the journey of choosing myself the journey of seeing my worth the journey of being all that I am and standing in my power and deeply deeply loving myself and creating a relationship with myself and that is the moment, the single moment of my life that literally everything changed was when I checked myself out of treatment. And if you don't relate to having having an eating disorder or being in treatment, I want you to relate to this in the way of trust yourself and know what you need even when everyone else around you is trying to convince you of something else. You have to so deeply trust and know yourself 
and learn to listen to that voice within because I had that voice within but I, I wasn't listening to it so if this can inspire you in any way it's to really listen to yourself you know yourself and what you need better than anyone else in this world so this is the moment where I really woke up to my power and although I still did not feel powerful I just look back and I'm like holy shit girl you did that you chose yourself what a powerful thing so anyways I'm not even going to get into like how I recovered from my eating disorder because that's just too long it was really just about healing my relationship with me and learning to love myself and I know how frustrating that is to hear if you are struggling but it literally was about learning to love myself and realizing that I was worthy and it was nothing having to do with the food or anything that they taught me in treatment so anyways I leave my treatment center and I set out on this journey of like I'm getting my life together okay I'm not continuing down this slippery slope picking myself back up obviously was not overnight still took me a few years after that to actually feel like I was fully recovered but I'm giving you like the spark notes version of my story because I could sit here for hours with you and talk about it (laughs) So during this time, I actually fell super in love with health and wellness, and I ended up making an Instagram account called Allie's Eats, and I shared healthy recipes, and I shared my life, I shared eating disorder recovery, Um, I shared pretty much everything, but I was so obsessed with making recipes, I loved being in the kitchen, which was so crazy coming from my eating disorder, I, I could not even be in the kitchen without crying, um, But basically, that's when I started to kind of gain a following, and I had a following on that account of almost, like, I think it was 18,000 before I shut that down. So, I was Allie's Eats for a few years, and then that, I'm not trying to tell my Instagram story, but then I changed that name on there to actually Alexandra, because I was like, I'm done with everything being about the food. I want to just be who I am. Um, So I transitioned my page and you guys are seeing me now on a new account that is also called Actual Alexandra and we'll get into that. So anyways, I fall in love with health and wellness. I gain a following on Instagram just from literally sharing my heart and some recipes. I start working with brands, creating recipes for them. And I was going to community college at the time because the first college I went to did not work out. And I ended up dropping out of school completely in 2018. I think I got like my associate's degree at a community college and I was like, okay, actually I'm done. This isn't for me. I want to pursue my own path and I want to help other people. I want to be a teacher of some sort. From little, from little, (laughs) from when I was little, the moment I was born, okay, out the womb, I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. And I am a teacher, but it's in a very different way than I ever expected it to be. But anyways, I knew I wanted to help other people, so I just took a chance on myself. This was when I had finally, this is 2018, I had finally felt free from my eating disorder after so many years. I felt like I believed in myself. I loved myself. I had a a good, stable relationship with myself. The thoughts in my mind were not consumed with self-hatred or food or my body. So... I just took a chance on myself. I dropped out. And this is when I started working one-to-one with clients. And I have worn so many hats in my business, you guys. So I made my Instagram my business, right? I still still worked with companies creating recipes for them and doing photography photography for them. Um, But then I started working one-to-one with clients. And I worked first with um, just like 
general mindset stuff. I was like a mindset coach at the time and I eventually transitioned into getting a certification to become um, an eating disorder recovery coach um, through the Carolyn Costin Institute and I worked with girls around food freedom and then I eventually came out with a program literally just about recovery, not just food freedom in general. And then I moved on to creating programs for clients, group programs, and one-to-one programs about self-love and your relationship with yourself. So that was kind of my business for a long time, and I loved it. I loved working with my clients, but I always knew there was something more for me, something deeper than just sitting there talking to people because I knew, I knew that talking, there, there was more to just you know, talking, giving people journal prompts, right? So let's just fast forward to 2020. When my little life, I think I got like a good year and a half that felt good and free after my eating disorder. Um, And I'm not saying I was only recovered for a year and a half, but a very light year and a half of my life. I think I got a good one of those before a storm came into my life in 2020. And as you guys know, this is a pandemic. We're all at home, unable to do anything. We just have to sit with ourselves, right? If we can't see our friends. I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I was still seeing my friends <laughs> probably more than ever, but we were outside. But anyways, we, we were forced to sit with ourselves. And I remember this was the first time in my whole entire life I had sat with myself. I had journaled before during eating disorder recovery, but I had never just sat and witnessed my thoughts and been so present to what was going on within me. And so I really started to find my center and find this feeling of inner peace in my body that I hadn't really ever known or experienced. And you're probably like, Ali, didn't you just say a storm hit your life in 2020? Yes, baby, that is coming. Rain always comes randomly. At least if you live in New England, the sky can be super sunshiny, not a cloud in the sky. It's so blue. And then rain, storm, thunder. So that's essentially what happened in my life. And so 2020, I had my spiritual awakening. Um, That's when I really went through my first spiritual awakening. And I awoke. I was awoken. I awakened, I awakened to my soul. And I awakened to a deeper part of myself than I ever knew even existed. This is when I got into oracle cards or tarot cards. Um, This is when I started meditating. And I also formed a practice of intuitive movement. So during my eating disorder and leading up until 2020, the pandemic... I had always been a weightlifter and I didn't even realize this, but I was subconsciously afraid to let that go because I was afraid that my body was going to change. And so I had never really explored gentle movement. And in 2020, when the gyms closed, I remember I had this like $10 yoga mat and I just rolled it out and I was like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna try something. And I just put on some music and I put on like very soft, gentle music that make makes me made me feel something, made me feel emotions, made me 
connect deep to my mind and my body, I still have the playlist. I'll link it below. It's called Move, and there's over 600 of you who have liked it um, and used it, so that's amazing. But yeah, I created this playlist then, and I would just get on my mat, and I would move my body. This is when I found Melissa Wood Health, and I started doing Pilates for the first time ever and moving gently, and oh my goodness, this was like I had never felt a deeper connection to my body. I I didn't even know that I was walking around so disconnected from my body for so many years. So I started doing Pilates with Melissa Wood Health on her app, but then after every time I would do Pilates, I would just put that playlist on and I would move intuitively. And it was a mix of like dance and Pilates and yoga and it gave me so much lightness and like I said during my eating disorder that was my form of dealing with my emotions and I don't think I had ever really until this point given myself a chance to like look at my emotions if I was sad I would still kind of judge myself and sit in the sadness um if I was feeling a certain way I wouldn't look deeper into it um but I wouldn't harm myself anymore or turn to my eating disorder but anyways this was helping, or I guess not even helping, but bringing so many emotions to the surface. Because what I've learned since then is that emotions live in our body. Our body is home to all of our emotions. And so when you move in such an intuitive way, it opens up this space and allows movement or allows emotions to move through you and to really rise to the surface. And each day was different. Some days it was so light and I just left the mat feeling so good. Some days I would sit there crying because of some stored emotions that came up that I didn't even realize. And this isn't where the stormy part went because this is, I wasn't judging when it was hard. I was finally like allowing myself to feel the sadness and love myself in the sadness and and just cry and get up and go on with my day and not let that moment define me or be my whole entire day. And so this really was when I actually formed the deepest connection and relationship with myself. This period of time changed the whole trajectory of my life and the storm that came into my life also changed the trajectory of my life. So Allie, what is this storm? Okay, so in 2020, I got into a relationship with a boy. He was younger than me. And when I talk about this relationship, I, I still have so much love for this person, such deep love. And I feel like things would not have, and side note, this is not me putting blame on myself, but I feel like things would not have been so bad and hard and kind of toxic if I hadn't had the core wounding that I had, right? So when you get into a relationship with someone, they might be a good person, but they might trigger the hell out of you because of your core wounding. Meanwhile, they could be with someone else and not trigger them because that person doesn't have the same core wounding. So again, I'm not blaming myself and I do know that I wasn't treated well in this relationship. So do what you want with that information. I I was mistreated and it's even still to this day, for some reason, hard for me to admit that, that I was mistreated and manipulated in certain points and just talked down to. But anyways, at the beginning, it was beautiful. It was good. It was fun. It was light. And 
honestly, I look back at this time in my life and I, this is like one of the times in my life that I'm like, I wish I could go back to that era. It was so fun. It was so fun. And I was so naive, (laughs) which sounds bad. But anyways, I'm just gonna surface level talk about this relationship. So things got hard, to put it lightly. Things got really, really difficult. And at this point, I was in this relationship and I was questioning my worth again the same way that I did in my eating disorder. And I was questioning how lovable I was. I didn't feel lovable. I didn't feel beautiful. I didn't feel valued. I didn't feel loved. And I I didn't feel good enough. My worth was, I had worked so hard to become confident in, in who I am and who I was and and to love myself and to see my worth. And I was in the situation that was making me question that all over again. And at the same time, like I said, I'm, I'm going through a spiritual awakening. So that's a lot in itself. And I think the relationship played a part in my spiritual awakening because it awoke me to so, so much. So while I'm in this relationship, it's such a mirror for me to see all of my wounds. That's what this relationship served as. It was a mirror for me to literally see every single last wound that was within. Because when I look back, I can see that, yes, I healed from my eating disorder and I healed from the habits that I had and I did love myself, but I did not heal the deep core wounds because I wasn't awake to them yet. I wasn't conscious of them yet. So my core wounding is that of abandonment and my core wounding is that of not having an emotional safe space. My core wounding is that of not feeling worthy and not feeling chosen And this relationship was just mirroring all of those wounds to me. It was like literally scratching every last wound that I had within. So let's just say this was turned into one of the hardest periods of my life. And I had two choices. And I remember vividly knowing that I had two choices. And the choice was to either go back to my eating disorder go back to self-destruction, go back to abandoning myself through the hard things and be against myself, tear myself down even further. Or I could choose myself this time and I could love myself through it and I could be there for myself, act as if I was my own friend through the hardness, through the hardship. I could tend to my emotions I could hold space for myself without judgment and with so much love. And I remember at this time, I still have it in my journal. I wrote, I feel like I'm going through my eating disorder again, but it's not my eating disorder. It's a human. It's my eating disorder in human form. So it was literally bringing up everything that my eating disorder had brought up. And I really feel, and if you you think this is too woo-woo, this is what I believe. I really feel like this person and this situation was sent to me. It was so divine because it was the one thing that finally made me look at the wounds within. And because I got to look at them, and yes, it hurt so bad, so, so, so bad, probably the worst pain I've ever felt in my life, 
even beyond my eating disorder, which is saying a lot because I was actually looking at the hard stuff. Although it hurt so bad, it gave me the chance to heal my own wounds and really become my own healer, my own savior. And so I stayed in the relationship for a while. I did. I did. Um, because I loved this person. I love so deep when I love you. And also going through your spiritual awakening at the same time, I was beginning to see, you know, inner child stuff like within my own self. So I could see this person's inner child. I could see where they were hurting me from a place of their own hurt and their own wounding. And I wanted to just fix and heal it and love it away. So I remember I was crying every day at this point. I was crying, laying on my ground in my bathroom in my apartment, bawling my eyes out, questioning everything about who I was, even feeling really deep into my darkness of, you know, I actually never mentioned this, but during my eating disorder, I had a few suicide attempts. And I remember that feeling just coming up within my soul again. And I had grown this relationship with myself. And I, I remember every time I had this deep, difficult emotion, I would roll out my yoga mat and I would move my body to transmute those emotions, to alchemize the pain and to power, to allow space for them to move through me and not just sit within me. And then I would move my body intuitively to my playlist and then I would sit. And this is something that I didn't even realize at the time, but it's something I still do every day. I did not realize that sitting with myself and my thoughts was actually the deepest medicine I could have given myself. That is my form of meditation even to this day. To just be a witness to what is within without judgment is such a beautiful practice and this is what really, really saved me. Because yes, the moving my body was beautiful and getting my emotions out. But if I didn't sit and consciously be with those emotions and hold them in the palm of my hand with so much love and say, hey baby, why are you here? What are you teaching me? What are you trying to get me to see? If I didn't do that, yeah, the emotions would have moved through my body, but it would have come back because I wasn't consciously working through them. And like I said, this was the most pivotal part of my whole entire journey. And this is when I really formed a relationship with myself. Every single day I spent time in meditation. Every single day I spent time on my mat. And the art of choosing yourself in the midst of a storm, it's something I had never witnessed within myself before. But to witness that within yourself, oh my goodness, it is so beautiful. And I'm just so proud of little Allie when I look back and I'm like, girl, you could have chosen self-destruction again, but you didn't. And how powerful is that to say? And I want to remind you that you can also do the same. Whoever's listening, I want you to know that you have the power to choose self-destruction or to alchemize whatever you're going through into more love and more light and a deeper connection with you. So anyways, let's fast forward to winter of 2020. I was the most depressed I've probably had ever been. I lived in my own apartment. I remember my best friend would call me every morning to make sure I was getting out of bed. And he would come over and do my dishes and clean my apartment. And he would make me go on my morning walk. And 
then one of my other friends would come over and take me grocery shopping because I literally couldn't get myself out of the house. I also turned to alcohol a lot during this time, which I didn't realize, but I couldn't go a day without a drink. I'm just gonna leave that for what it is. Like, yes, I was choosing my mat, I was choosing my meditation, but at the same time, every single night after that, I was drinking by myself in my apartment. I was even taking client calls after I had drinking. And that's just not me. So anyways, winter 2020, I ended the relationship. I knew I had to end the relationship. And let's, I'm going to spark note this a lot, okay? I booked a one-way to Miami. I stayed in Miami for three months because of the winter depression. I, I also have seasonal depression really horribly. So the seasonal depression was affecting me and I needed to leave. So I went to Miami for three months and in Miami... I healed. And I'm not saying I am healed because we'll never reach the point where we're like, I'm totally healed. That's not the goal. But I focused on healing from everything that had come up throughout the last few months of being in this relationship, witnessing the wounds that lived within me, doing a lot of inner child healing, realizing how my childhood affected me and why this person, this relationship felt so hard for me to be with because of the wounds that already lived within so living in Miami, all I did, and, and I kid you not, I will get DMs because a lot of people know that I lived in Miami. I will get DMs and people ask me for recommendations in Miami and I'm like, girl, I literally sat on my balcony the whole entire time or I just laid on my beach, which was right in front of my apartment. But all I focused on here was healing. I sat every day and I was so exhausted my body was so emotionally drained that I could not even get on my mat and move I would here and there but what really saved me was the meditation and sitting with my thoughts because for me that's what meditation is is sitting with myself and being present to myself being present to my soul and my inner world and this is what I did every single day In Miami, I would sit there and I would be and I would cry and I would hold space for my hurt and for my emotions with without judgment. And I felt the entire time like I was breaking. But this was the first time in my entire life that I figured out that healing feels like breaking. And sometimes you have to break to get the pieces out that no longer belong within so that you can rebuild in a stronger way. That was my biggest lesson and such a blessing to learn that too. I journaled every day. I was just so present to myself. And like I said, it felt awful. It felt awful. But I'm so glad that I went through that and I got the chance to show myself that I could be there for my emotions and like I said was going through a spiritual awakening at that same (laughs) time so it was a lot so I know this episode is getting long and I'm gonna end it soon (laughs) a few minutes I just want to say I did leave Miami after three months and I came home and I created a whole new Instagram because during my Miami months I actually signed off of my Instagram which maybe doesn't sound like a big deal, but when it's your business, it kind of is. 
and I was not the same version of myself. Not only that, I could not stomach the thought of having to talk about eating disorder recovery again. I had just really outgrown that. I was finally into my spirituality, finally into seeing my soul, all of these things. So it just didn't align. And I was convinced, convinced that I had to create a whole new version of myself and leave the past behind. So a long story short, I created a new Instagram. It was called Alexander Dawson, my my real name. I gained a following of 25,000 people pretty much overnight. And that was actually in itself. It was a beautiful, loved having that community, but it was not good because I got stuck in kind of a trauma response. I don't want to get into this part in the in this episode because I feel like I've already talked a lot and this is a lot more to digest with like my second Instagram because my second Instagram was looking back in the moment I was like this is the authentic me. I had changed and turned into this soft little being, this soft soul who was, you know, my account before. I was really unapologetic. I was really confident. I said things like it was and I triggered people with love because as a healer, that's what I'm here to do. Um, But this new account, I just took on this persona of soft and I love my softness, but I also love my power. And I lost all of that power in that, you know, real unapologeticness and real deep confidence because I naturally sit in a more bold, confident, powerful, like, being, feminine being. Um, I naturally sit more in kind of like the dark divine feminine rather than the light, flowy, fairy divine feminine, which both are beautiful and amazing. But I kind of forced myself, actually, I didn't force myself. This relationship that I had just been in over the past however many months before Miami, I I became afraid. I became afraid to be who I really was because I was convinced that who I really was wasn't enough. I be, And I, I'm, I didn't consciously realize this. Like, I'm telling you guys this from hindsight because it's still taken me years to heal this. I became afraid to be myself. I became afraid to share my voice. I became afraid to share my story in the same vulnerable way that I used to, which is why we're here now talking about it because I don't want to be afraid anymore. I've lived the past since 2020 being afraid. I've shut down. My heart hardened even though I was such a soft human. I did set boundaries with people, but I also didn't honor them all the time. And I just, like I said, I, I don't know how else to put it besides I became soft. And soft is a beautiful thing, but you need to find the balance, I believe. And I lost all of my power. I lost the balance of my power. And I was just like, I'm a soft little soul. And all I want to do is teach other people to be soft themselves. And I did finally pick up coaching again. And I launched my favorite program ever, which this was very authentic to me, Um It was made throughout my months in Miami. I didn't make it there, but with all the lessons from there. Um, It was called School of Self. I'm actually recreating a self-paced version for you guys. But anyways, my business picked up again. I worked with girls in School of Self, and this was really helping them develop a relationship with themselves. But at the same time, I had let 
the person that I was in a relationship with before back into my life. And I think that's where the fear stemmed because I was afraid of posting certain things and like what he would say. Because I remember before that, if I posted something wrong, quote unquote wrong, I would get like a, a DM of him like judging me and or that's how it felt. So I lost my voice. And for the past few years, I've kept my voice quiet. So like I said, that's why I'm here telling this story. Anyways, after Miami, stayed home for the summer at my mom's, and then I ended up moving to LA. And that's just, we're not going to get too much into the LA part, but I will say I was not grounded enough in who I had become to move to LA and still keep a strong, steady foundation of who I was. So I'm going to end that here, okay? We're going to pick up next time, and I'll be in LA at that time. Not really, but in the story. In this part of my narration, I will be in LA next time. We're going to just kind of zoom over my LA era because what's really important is my Hawaii era. Um, Anyways, I love you guys so much if you listen to this. I know I'm kind of ending it just quickly, but I feel like there's just so much to digest. And also, I feel exhausted. Like, talking about your story... And so, and it being heavy is just like exhausting. So, my voice needs a rest. I'm so happy to be using my voice again. I'm so happy to be here again. I'm so happy that I'm doing this again and I feel ready and confident to share my voice. And I don't feel afraid anymore. Like, I want to just scream from the rooftops because vulnerability is a superpower. But it is time for part one to end to conclude and I will see you in part two. If you held space for my story, I just want to say I love you so much and I'm so grateful for you and we'll talk soon.